How's everybody doing this morning? Hopefully you had a great weekend. <clears throat> and uh, it was a good weekend. It really was. I mean, the weather was phenomenal. Uh, yesterday for us, we got a lot of house projects done. My grass had gotten away from me again. Uh, just schedule and uh, Good to get kind of caught back up on my lawn, and we got a building project done that Wendy's been asking for for a while. She did some painting, uh, some we did some garden stuff, and uh, it was it was a really really good day. I hope you had a a great uh, extended weekend as well. And uh, I did miss seeing several of you. Uh, I said all of you actually. I didn't see any of you, but. Uh, 
thinking of people that I, I may have normally seen on a Sunday, some I wouldn't normally see, like Priscilla and Steve or Walter uh, or Dinah Kay wouldn't normally see you, but uh, uh, it was just kind of a, a weird kind of day. It gets busy from here on out. Uh, next Sunday, I'll go to an installation, one of my graduates from last year. Uh, being installed as a pastor in Clifton Heights the week after that. Uh, we have a young man and his wife, both graduates of New England Bible College and Seminary, uh, who are, uh, in fact, he has both. He has his undergraduate and graduate degrees, missionaries serving with an organization called uh, ABWE, which is a church planting organization, did work in Portugal. Now they're heading to Ireland next. And uh, so the weekend after that, we'll go hear them. And then the weekend after that, we'll be at uh, Cross Point Church up in Bangor. Uh, and the weekend after that, uh, Wendy's going to be at the Lancaster Bible College homecoming where she was once a queen. And... Uh, They've had its 90th anniversary uh, of Lancaster Bible College, and they asked all of the uh, graduates uh, that were uh, homecoming queens to come back. I can't go with her. I would love to go with her, but I have another event that I had previously scheduled, and uh, so I'm going to miss out on that opportunity. But lots coming up, uh, and then a bunch of travel coming up after that in October. If you are interested, I would love to have your support. Uh, yes, while my regional stateside work is primarily focused through New England Bible College and Seminary, um, and there's a lot going on there, uh, really the, the, the global work, uh, the broader work uh, through Concentric Global uh, I've put on the screen for you where you can go if you would like to become a, a regular supporter that helps keep this broadcast going. And uh, not only does it help keep this broadcast going, uh, that gets me to the various places around the world where, where I need to go. And uh, uh, I do have a project underway right now that uh, if you want to be a part of, just just send me a message. Some of you have already participated in it. And... Uh, but uh, if, if you want to uh, be a contributor through concentricglobal.org backslash give, you'll go down and find a little drop-down box that says designation that has a, just a handful, a few names in there. Uh, find my name, and I would love to have you be a partner there. You guys, you guys that are part of this broadcast that have been a part uh, really from the beginning, you've been just such a phenomenal part of support. Anyway, I just want to thank you for your friendship, for your love, for your belief uh, in me and uh, in what we're trying to uh, do uh, throughout the state of Maine and around the world. So thank you. Anyway, today's topic, the Millennial Kingdom. And many of us approach the Millennial Kingdom from the vantage point of there is just one view. Uh, and many of us uh, that have had our have cut our teeth on what is called a dispensational view of the millennial kingdom. Uh, and there, but that isn't the only view. And 
some of us think, well, that is the only view. That's what Dr. David Jeremiah teaches, of course, so that must be it. Uh, or that's what Dr. Charles R. Swindoll teaches, or probably Dr. John MacArthur, I think probably lands in the same place. But there are many other outstanding theologians and scholars who who hold to different views. In fact, the, the, the pre, uh, what we call the dispensational view really is a creation in the last 100, 150 years. Uh, I would even say within the last 100 years, the dispensational view was developed. And uh, dispensational view is a view that, that teaches, okay, there's going to be a rapture, and then there's going to be a tribulation, then there's going to be a return of Christ and a thousand-year reign on earth. Uh, and then the, the final judgment at the end of the thousand years. Now that that still is my particular view. That is what I still hold to. Although, as one studies, uh, uh, you you can see some of the reasons why people don't want to go there. Now, what does any of this matter? Well, let me just let me preface it with this: this matters because Jesus said, "Watch and be ready." That's why it matters. And it also matters because if as a, a uh, dispensational view holder, I'm wrong, or anybody else that would subscribe to the dispensational view, if we're wrong, uh, and the rapture isn't going to happen prior to the tribulation period, then friends, that means we're going to go through the tribulation. I was walking into the... Uh, Sam's Club the other day, and I I use my phone to has my ID on it and it has the scan and go on it feature, so you can just scan your stuff and uh, and then swipe pay at the end, and you don't have to go through checkout or any of that type of thing. Well, as I'm walking in, I showed the the lady that's you know she's looking for your Sam's Club card. Uh, I showed her my phone and and had the barcode type thing, and I said. What do you think of the day when they tell us we're going to have barcodes in our, you know, on our person, like chips under our skin or a barcode on our hand? She says, nah, not me. I'm not having none of that stuff. I said, oh, so you're one of those, are you? And she says, yes, I, I, I think that's way too close to the mark of the beast for me. And I went, well, I'm with you on that. So I didn't even know this woman was a Christian. She might not even really be a Christian. There were people behind me, so I couldn't stop and chat with her, but, you know, there are all these things uh, that, that will come to play. If if dispensational theology that teaches, uh, as I have, uh, in fact, I will put up a chart for you of the dispensational view, then we'll begin to unpackage some of the other views. Uh, let me get over there for you. Uh Yeah, I'll put this up. This is a chart by uh, James T. Dennison. It's this. This is from the blueletterbible.org is where I'm, where I am coming from here. This chart again by James T. Dennison kind of outlines the. For you, those of you who are listening, I encourage you to go to blueletterbible.org backslash FAQ backslash M-I-L-L dot C-F-M. 
uh, and I say those are listening via podcast who are not watching this uh, on our YouTube or Facebook uh, locations. Uh, we're looking at a chart that uh, outlines the dispensational premillennial view uh, that many subscribe to and one person in the comments here just saying, uh, I'm so excited to start a Bible study next week on the end times with David Jer- Jeremiah. Uh, Book of Signs is one of the books that we studied in the last couple of years. Here's the chart. You see what is, you see across here, uh, and and this, this is the beginning of the church age. Basically, at the ascension of Christ, the church age started, uh, and... Uh, then what you see at the end of the church age is the righteous dead are raised. And you see this little arrow here. This is known as the rapture. The dead in Christ shall rise first. That comes out of First, first Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, down around verse 18. Uh, the dead in Christ will be raised first, then we will meet them together in the air. This is the rapture view, uh, and then then there is a period of seven years of tribulation. Now, this has an arrow pointing down. I don't know why, because really uh, Christ would, would come down uh, at the end of the tribulation period uh, and uh, uh begin his reign at the conclusion of the tribulation period. During that tribulation period, there is a a reign of Christ for uh, seven years. Uh, Not not Christ, the Antichrist, I'm sorry. It's the 70th week of Daniel out of Daniel chapter 7. Now, many that hold this view would believe in the restoration of the Jews to Palestine uh, the conversion of a remnant of Israelites. They believe the temple will be rebuilt. They believe in the priesthood, sacrifices, and, and then the, the cult rituals. I say cult rituals. Ritual sacrifices is what we mean would be restored during that time. Now, this is the view that I have held to and still hold to. I still think that, uh, I mean, the Jews have already been restored to Palestine. They, they have their own country, their own land. Um, I believe that, that there will, will be a temple that's rebuilt at the very beginning of the tribulation period, uh, that there will be a reestablishment of the priesthood. Now, according to what some of the uh, scholars uh, or people who are very much into the uh, into prophecy uh, would say, and again, there's varying views on this, uh, many would say that they believe that uh, in the temple is already kind of pre, like a, like a prefab type of structure. You know, they have the walls and the roofs and, and, and things ready to go. And within, I think, the, the number is 90 days that temple could be rebuilt, reestablished, and back up and functioning. Now, they also tell us that priests have been trained. They talk about the red heifer. Everything is ready to go. This is the view of uh, uh, of the dispensational premillennialists. Now, a couple of names that would go with this. I've mentioned already um, David Jeremiah. 
But there's also people like Chuck Smith uh, of the Calvary Chapel movement, and this is his view, and many, many others. And this is the view of Dallas Theological Seminary that would hold this view. It's, it's the view that I am most familiar with. Working our way across this chart again, we see um, the Battle of Armageddon here, uh, the tribulation, tribulational saints and Old Testament believers raised now. In the tribulation period, there will be people who come to faith in Christ. They will realize after that, you know, few billion people are sucked out during the rapture that they missed it, and and there will, there will be many people who come to faith in Christ. There'll be the two witnesses who many believe are Moses and Elijah, who will be on the earth at uh, during that seven year period of time. Uh, you can you can watch, and again, this is the the one that I am most familiar with. You can watch the movies Left Behind. They're kind of dated now, uh, or you know, read the books. Uh, that gives you a sense uh, in story form what that might look like. Battle of Armageddon, and then for then, then there's this millennium means one thousand, and milli means thousand, uh, uh, annum means year, so uh, thousand year reign of Christ. At the end of that. Uh, Satan is loose during the millennium. He is bound toward the end. He is loose. Then there's the judgment of the wicked, the final judgment, the great judgment, and then then eternity, new heavens, new earth, and that type of thing. That is the view that many of us have been uh, raised with. We understand that view. Um, it takes what is called a strictly literal hermeneutic approach uh, interpret scripture in, in the manner which says that everything is literal. It doesn't look at anything in the book of Revelation or very little in the book of Revelation as being symbolic. Um, it holds that seven-year tribulation uh, precedes the thousand-year reign of Christ. All we've just talked about, uh, Dwight Pentecost, Charles Ryrie, those are some, some names, John Walverd, uh, uh, Craig Blazing, that those are a few names. Uh, this is a favored uh, method of interpretation is what's called the grammatico-historical. In other words, it looks at it historically, it looks at it grammatically. Uh, it views uh, the church as the fulfillment of Israel, and yet... Uh, let me make sure I'm in the right notes here. Yeah, and, and I'm looking at the historical premillennialism now. There's two different types of of uh, millennialism. There is historical, and, and then there is uh, another view. Let's look at post-millennialism, because I, I want to get this done this morning. Let me put this chart up for you so you can see it. Now, let me just give this definition first. Post-millennialism believes that the millennial uh, kingdom is an era, not a literal thousand years during which Christ reigns over the earth, not from a literal and earthly throne, but through the gradual increase of the power of the gospel's power to change life. So when you hear about people talking about hope, People talking about peace on the earth and things like that. Often they're they're and they're Christians. 
uh, they may be thinking of uh, post-millennialism. Uh, and that may be their view. They might not even know that that's their view. Uh, I hold the view that I think things are getting worse, but yet I've had to push pause because of what I see in other places in the world. I, I see a robust growth of the church uh, in other places in the world, which which makes me pause and go, hmm, could could it be in fact that there will be a great revival in America and in the West uh, that will bring many to faith and, and who will take seriously the things of God again? I mean, that would be our prayer, um, that people would come to faith in Christ and that uh, they would, uh, that there would be this general sense of peace and, and love for the things of God on, on earth. Um. Now, again, post-millennialists think that after this gradual Christianization of the world, Christ returns at the end and immediately ushers the church into the eternal state after judging the wicked. Uh, again, called post-millennialism because Christ returns after the millennium, which is actually uh, taking place now in their view. Some of the distinctions... They look at what's called a covenantal historical method of interpretation of Scripture. Uh, they believe that Israel and the church, uh, the church is a fulfillment of Israel. Uh, I don't hold that view. I think there's still distinction. Uh, the kingdom of God is a spiritual entity experienced on earth through the Christianizing effect of the gospel. Uh, some other factors here is that they have higher degrees of interpreting many first century events in light of prophecy uh, of the several versions of, of, of this post-millennial eschatology there's a reconstructionist view that, that seems to be gaining the most uh, and I, this would be something I'd have to come back and look at uh, tomorrow uh, and, and come back and consider that if if that's what we do tomorrow I'm going to put up uh, a, a view for you of what this would look like. Again, another chart by James Dennison. I cannot take credit for any of this. Uh, we're now living in the present age. There is not a literal thousand years. Uh, the belief of the post-millennialist is that the world becomes better. The gospel increases and advances. There's a gradual Christianization of the world. Now, again, from where I sit, at least in the West, I it seems like it's going the opposite direction of this, which is which has always caused me to pause and go, I, I don't know that I can uh, I can hold the view of the post millennialist. Now, there are many uh, Presbyterians among them, uh, or often some of the. Uh, uh, those who are, I say more reform, reformers would, would tell you that there's only, either you're reformed or you're not. There's not more or less reformed. They would tell you that. And that's other stuff I would have to get into for another time. But again, they, they don't think there's a literal thousand years. They just believe that we're going to live in this present age, the world gets better, and then at some point Christ returns. Uh, there's the general resurrection of the righteous and the wicked, at which time the final judgment takes place. And kind of simultaneously, the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema seat referenced in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, is uh, that happens at the same time as the great white throne uh, judgment of, uh, of the wicked. 
So again, there are, there are many different views, uh, even within post-millennialism. You see them here. Uh, generally speaking, it, it's a, a, a viewpoint uh, that holds revelation and, and various judgment prophecies in the gospel uh, were fulfilled in AD 70 at the destruction of the temple. They'll point all the way back that far and go, okay, those things happened all the way back then. Uh, the post-millennialist sees the millennial kingdom as the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham that he would become a great nation and that all peoples would be blessed through him. Uh, again, this enacted, this realized through the church, not something that is... Uh, coming through Israel uh, in the end, but rather through the church. Uh, the holy reign comes about through the gradual conversion uh, as the gospel is spread and there's incremental progress uh, is drawn uh, it, from many different places in Scripture, uh, like Deuteronomy 7.22, which says, and here you, uh, it says, the Lord thy God will put out those nations before thee little by little thou Thou mayest uh, not consume them at once, uh, lest the beasts of the field increase upon the earth. Now, I look at that as speaking specifically to Israel. Uh, Ezekiel 47, uh, verses 1 through 12, is another area that that they will point to and, and say, there is this gradual increase that will take place. Uh, they have... Uh, an optimism that's nurtured through many of the Psalms. Uh, the Psalms speak of all nations fearing him. Uh, it speaks of salvation being known among all the nations, the ends of the earth fearing him. Uh, many Psalms, like Psalm 2, Psalm 22, 7, wherein it says the ends of the world will remember and turn to the Lord, uh, and all the brotherhood of the nations shall worship before him, or Psalm 67, 2. That your way may be known among the earth and your saving health among all nations. Uh, 67, 7, God shall bless us and the ends of the earth shall fear him. There, there are many, many different psalms that they point to. Um, and there are many people who write about the, the millennial kingdom and uh, post-millennialism. But those are some of the views. Now, while I still have time and I still have this chart, I'm going to hit one more view real fast on millennialism. They believe the kingdom of God was inaugurated at Christ's resurrection, uh, at which point he gained victory over both Satan and the curse. Christ is now reigning uh, at the right hand of the Father over his church at this present age, uh, after this present age has ended, Christ returns and immediately ushers the church into the eternal state after judging the wicked. Now, it, it, in many ways, it's many, very, very similar to the post-millennial view. Uh, really, it shouldn't be called amillennialism because ah says, uh, means not, none. They actually believe that the millennial kingdom is uh, not a literal kingdom, but that it happens. Uh, their view, their view of Scripture, their their interpretation of Scripture is something called the redemptive historical. What is God's redemptive theme throughout the Scriptures, and uh, how does that inform us? 
they believe the church is the uh, fulfillment of Israel. Uh, the kingdom of God uh, is a spiritual reality that all Christians partake in that is seen presently by faith but will be grasped by sight at the consummation. I referenced the other day the already and the not yet aspect, and this is something that I believe in the rapture. They believe in the rapture, but this happens uh, after any cataclysmic things of tribulation happen. They would say tribulation is happening already. Uh, The saints living and dead shall meet the Lord in the clouds immediately, uh, immediately proceed to judge the nations. Uh, The millennium is inaugurated with Christ's resurrection. Uh, and for them, they interpret prophecy in light of Christ's uh, first coming, his death, his resurrection, and glorification. And it's kind of like a two-age theology. Um, here is here is the, uh, again, James Dennison. It will look very, very much like the... Uh, Post-millennial, there's the present age. We are now in the millennial kingdom. The consummation is not yet. They, they kind of ignore, I think, the uh, all that Revelation says about the judgments, the bold judgments, uh, and, and the trumpets, and the tribulation period. They would say that's all happening uh, now or all happened in, in the first century. Uh what we all agree on is this, Christ's return and Christ's eternal reign. We all agree on that point. The issue is what to do with um, what to do with things like rapture uh, and, and some of the prophecies, what to do with Israel. Interestingly, uh, three of the views really say that uh, really say that the church is the fulfillment. And, and I can see some of that coming out of the book of Romans, chapters 9 through 11. Uh, but but I do not conclude. I, I think there's still a... Uh, still a difference. Now, let me, let me show you this. Dispensational and historic premillennialism. Uh, let me put this up. This is this is the dispensational view. We looked at this already. Um, and it, it really has to do with what they do with Israel uh, in, in much of the regard. And let me put up real fast for you the what's called historic, which w- had been the view Uh, and this this little bit for you, historic premillennialist place the return of Christ just before the millennium, and just after a time of great apostasy. Uh, after the millennium, Satan is loosed with Gog and Magog rising against the kingdom of God, immediately followed by the time of judgment, the final judgment. This view, the historic view, differs significantly from the uh, what's called the dispensational view. 
again, the church is the fulfillment of Israel. That is is one uh, view, uh, whereas the dispensationalist holds that the church in Israel is still distinct. Uh, the kingdom of God is present uh, through the Spirit since Pentecost to be experienced by sight during the millennium after Christ's return. Uh, the rapture, the saints living and dead meet the Lord in the clouds immediately preceding the millennial reign. They do not believe the historic uh, millennial view is that the rapture happens at the same time. The believers are drawn up to heaven, meet the Lord in the air, and then return to the earth to reign with him for a thousand years. It's a simultaneous type of thing that happens uh, whereas the dispensational view places a, a marker between the two, and I'll put this chart up for you in a second. Uh, Walter Martin, John Warwick, Mont- Montgomery, those are a few people. Most of most of you have not heard of, but George Eldon Ladd, Theodore Zahn, uh, those are some that would hold this view. Now, let me just put this up real fast because we're out of time here. The big difference is that in the dispensational view, the church age happens, the rapture is here, uh, and then the return of Christ is here. Uh, so the, the tribulation, the, the rapture happens before the tribulation, but in the historical millennial view, which had lasted for, you know, uh, 1900 years, Place the rapture happening after the tribulation. Now, what difference does this make to us? What difference this makes to us that the view is how we live? Whether whether the rapture is going to happen before the tribulation, uh, or if it's going to happen happen after the tribulation, uh, the fact is, in both situations, we have to be ready. If if the tribulation is literal, then and if we end up going through it, if the historic millennial view is correct and we're going to go through the tribulation, then we need to be ready for the suffering that will come with the tribulation. If the other views are right, which I still I still can't see that post-millennial or the amillennial views are right, the world is going to continue to get better and better and better, filled with roses and puppy dogs and uh, coffee-flavored ice cream. Well, I've presented in this broadcast, again, use the blueletterbible.org and and just do a little quick search on Millennial Kingdom, views of Millennial Kingdom. That will help you as well. I've leaned into them for the charts developed by James T. Dennison, outstanding charts to help you understand the different views. And I would encourage you, go through, read all that, do some research, do some study, but in the Final scheme of things, what I really want to encourage is that you are ready and walking with Christ and telling others to do the same. Lord, help us. Help us to live for you. Help us to walk with you. Help us to live in you that we might glorify you. Lord, hear our prayer. Help us to be ready, whether the rapture happens before the tribulation or the rapture happens after the tribulation or there is no rapture at all, Lord, help us, just regardless of our view, to live richly in 
in and for the love of God that we might glorify you. Lord, we whisper prayers today for our friends in in hard places like uh, India, South Sudan, other places around the world where there is much suffering. Lord, would you watch over, provide for, protect, and be the comfort and the shelter for our friends in hard places. Provide for them, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, that's a wrap for today. I will see you again tomorrow. Have a great day, everyone.